You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Good morning, Bucknutters. Welcome to the Bucknuts Morning 5 here on Thursday, June 30th, 2022. I am Dave Biddle. I'm very happy to be joined by the Dean of Ohio State Football Recruiting, Bill Curlick. Also joined by Mark Porter, the man behind Scouting Ohio. Uh, Dan Rubin is on assignment. We'll say, boys, he's on assignment. He's on vacation. It's all right. We can say he's on vacation. So I'm filling in for Dan today. He filled in for me the last couple weeks. Appreciate that. A lot to get into. We'll get into your questions out there, Bucknutters. Before we do that, Hot off the press, Bill Curlick has crystal balled uh, cornerback Calvin Simpson Hunt to the Buckeyes, and he is right now committed to Texas Tech. Not for long, though, right, Dean? Um, what can, if the Buckeyes get Calvin Simpson Hunt, what type of player is he, and when do you think he might make that flip from Texas Tech to Ohio State? Well, he's a great cornerback prospect. Um, you, you know, don't be fooled by the commitment to Texas Tech. This guy had offers from or has offers from Ohio State, uh, Alabama, Notre Dame. You know, he's got all all the big offers. Um, he, he is a press coverage corner that uh, has great speed, great athleticism. And um, he, he's a guy that Ohio State has really targeted. They uh, they have wanted him and it's kind of gone back and forth. He made his official visit to Ohio State uh, a couple weeks ago, and it went very well. In fact, he told me afterwards that he had seen everything he needed to see, and he liked what he saw, and, and so on. Um, I, you know, I really felt pretty good about Ohio State being able to flip him, and and they've continued to pursue him. Uh, Steve Wilfong, I think about a week ago, maybe not quite that long, crystal balled him to Ohio State, but then he felt like it had flipped back to Texas Tech, and, and then he felt like it flipped back to Ohio State. And and I think that's where it is right now. You know, it, it has gone back and forth a little bit. So, you know, we'll see. W- will it uh, happen today, tomorrow? You know, I, I think it's going to happen within the next few days. But again, uh, neither school has really budged, so to speak. Texas Tech hasn't given up. They've, they're trying to keep him in the class. Ohio State is certainly is trying to get him in the Buckeyes class, and I feel good about where Ohio State is right now. Love it. Absolutely love it. Tim Walton, Perry Eliano, first year on the job here at Ohio State. They're uh, they're doing great work. I love this DB class they're putting together. Um, they're going to keep adding to it. Um, switching gears, Mark, before we take questions from listeners and viewers, um, I want to ask you just a general question because I haven't heard anybody talk about this. You're closer to this than anybody. What is – I know it's early, my man, but like these are kids are entering their junior year in high school, the 2024 class in Ohio. How does it stack up maybe with the 2023 class, 22, however you want to look at it? Can we expect a pretty good 2024 haul in Ohio? Is it a little bit down? How would you classify it? Uh, You know what? Bryce West, Aaron Scott are two of the names that lead that class, and they've both been offered by Ohio State. Aaron Scott's the defensive back out of Springfield, Ohio. Bryce West is, of course, your Glenville player. 
Uh, two of the bigger prospects that have been on Ohio State's campus, uh, Ben Roebuck from St. Ed's, the giant offensive lineman, and Luke Hamilton over at Avon, another offensive lineman. Those seem to be the two in Ohio that are leading the way there. Uh, as I look at my cheat sheet, uh, Damarian Witten, Elias Rudolph. Damarian Witten is, is a tight end, maybe safety type out of Glenville. He's a big athlete that can run. He's got some interest. And then, of course, Elias Rudolph from Taft. Uh, I'm going to put the 2024 class maybe a bit ahead of 2023 because a lot of these offers came in a little sooner, and it seems to be we have four or five Ohio State guys already where I think that matches what 2023 has now. Uh, some other names to keep an eye on. Uh, Brian Robinson out of Fitch High School just was offered by Georgia recently. He's a defensive end, 6'5", 240 pounds. He was at the Ohio State camp. I've seen him probably camp five times this summer. Uh, that'll be one of the, the guys that I'm sure early in the season the Buckeyes are going to check back in on. Uh, and Tavion Galloway is the other one. You know, he, he's been a tight end that, you know, he – Started off at Unoto High School, which, of course, is a smaller school in Ohio. Now he's transferred to Chillicothe. Uh, does a great job in the receiving game. Runs really well. Has the size. Uh, we're going to see during the season if he has the physicality. But 2024, I don't want to get excited about, but I think it may edge out, not by much, 2023. But I, I know that's fun for Bucknutter to discuss which classes are going to be better. And we're always trying to, I guess, promote the next class. But there really is some star power in 2024. I like it. All right, let's hit some questions here. Start right at the top here. First one in was Larry. Larry from Facebook wants to say, uh, good morning, everyone. Bill and Mark, could you guys please compare Dylan Rayola and Arch Manning? Bill, you go first, and then Mark can go. Uh, Dylan Rayola versus Arch Manning, who you got? Well, I have seen, uh, as has Mark, we, we both saw Dylan Rayola in person at Ohio State's camp, and uh, we both were absolutely wild. Uh, arm strength, size, you know, he's six foot three, 200, approximately 25 pounds and tremendous feet. Um, just a super prospect. He's the, he's number one in the country as far as overall 2024 prospects for a reason. He's that good. Make You can make all the throws you need. Um, I have only seen Manning on tape. He has not been to Ohio State this summer to work out, or uh, last summer, for that matter, to work out. So I have not seen him in person, uh, seeing the tape. You know, I don't think he has quite the arm strength that uh, Rayola does, but few do. Um, they're both tremendous prospects with, uh, I think, bright futures ahead of them. Obviously, um, Manning has the bloodlines. You know, you're not going to come from a better quarterback background than that, for sure. But Rayola has got some bloodlines, too. I mean, his father played in the NFL for 14 years. Wasn't a quarterback, but he played in the NFL for 14 years. So just both of them tremendous prospects. Mark, what are yeah. your thoughts? Uh, we had this question on the boards this week, so I actually researched it. And as I read more questions coming in on the boards, you did more research and turned over more stones. Uh, let's start with the easy one. Rayola, Bill and I saw him. He's a physical specimen. We actually, last week with Dan Rubin, I actually said he's like a Peyton Manning in stature, a 6'5", 240-pound kid that looks like he could play tight end or offensive line if he had to. Uh, I said don't mistake that for the way Peyton Manning moved because Dylan Raiola is an athlete. His feet are electric. Uh, he is very uh, trained up, as I would say. Like he can go through bags, and he looks like he's a, a running back or a skill player. Uh, as I watched film of Arch Manning, 
the first thing I noticed on film, and I know he's a younger uh, player on film, is he's long and lanky, okay? And, and the arm strength wasn't really there. It was a good arm, but not one of these electric arms like Dylan Riello where he makes all the throws look easy. He could stand on his back foot and rip the ball across the field, and it doesn't stress his body out. It looked like Arch Manning, and, and no fault to his own, was a developing player. Uh, he was making some crazy throws, and of course he's a schooled quarterback, but he's not physically as developed as Riola. And I got a feel from the people on the boards that they think that Arch Manning might be a fraud, okay, that it's, it's a name or legacy type thing, and uh, he's ducking the Elite 11. He's not going to football camps. And, and I, I'm, I'm going to touch on this stuff because I know why this poster answered this question. We're going to jump into the dirt here. That's what I'm for. Uh, but there are some questions about, is Arch Manning the real deal? You know, is he an imposter and he's he been hyped so much? Uh, there is a tinge of that. He is not a finished, developed product. There's no, uh, how do I say it, red flags with him. Like, oh, yeah, he's only 5'11", or, yeah, he, he's got a weird motion or something like that. But, no, he is not on the level of a Dylan Riola right now. And it's, it's pretty clear, especially if you've seen Dylan Riola work out in person. And his bloodline. So that probably answers what that poster was after is, is there a difference? Yeah, there is. But Arch Manning will develop. Uh, like you said, there's no doubt that that kid is not throwing the ball and working out every single day. And will be doing that for the next three, four five years as he goes into college. So as soon as you make a statement like, is he an imposter? This isn't a finished race. The finished race is five years from now. And give that kid with that length and maybe the lankiness that Arch Manning has that maybe looks like he's not developed now, give that a chance to catch up and you'll be fine with him. So there's a long answer for that question. Uh, that was a good answer. And I, I I think the cliff notes might be if his last name was anything else, let's just go with Smith. It was Arch Smith. And then he wasn't related to anybody famous named Smith. Uh, it might not be as, as hyped as he is. That Manning name will do that for you. All right, we'll, we'll head to Bill Curlick for this one. This is from Yakov. Will Michigan finish in the top 20 for 2023 recruiting rankings? Right now, he will take the under. Michigan right now, as we all know, is ranked 55th. They only have six commitments. They just lost their top commitment. It's a mess up there. Bill Curlick, will Michigan finish in the top 20 in 2023? Well, that's a, that's a tough question because, you know, you think that coming off finally um, winning against their – uh, the Buckeyes and and all that they would be having a banner recruiting season. And that's exactly not what has happened. You know, the, the Harbaugh situation with interviewing for uh, a job, a signing day and all that. I mean, <laughs> that stuff matters. I mean, it does matter. It, it, everything uh, in recruiting matters, even the littlest things. And that wasn't a little thing. Um so, as you mentioned, Dave, Michigan only had seven commitments. They lost their highest-ranked commitment uh, just a couple days ago. He decommitted. Uh, the six commitments they have, I can pretty uh, honestly say that none of them would be in Ohio State's class right now. Uh, they're just not on the, the, the level that Ohio State is recruiting at right now. Um, I guess my overall answer is that I think they'll probably be a borderline top 20 class because I think they're going to get guys, some guys that, uh, as we move through the process, but they have a long ways to go. Mark, before we yeah. hit some other questions, go ahead, Mark. 
I was going to say, I know you're measuring as a top 20 class, but what's the other measuring stick? Can you make any headway with Ohio prospects? Has Michigan taken an Ohio prospect recently that Bill and I have not? No, the answer is they have not made any leeway in Ohio yet. Now, they had the Glenville gang up there to a camp, and they've had a bunch of other Ohio kids visiting, but until they actually sign one, and sign one of significance, uh, Ohio State's not going to feel the pinch of losing that game last year and not going to feel it on the recruiting trail, and it's not going to be anything other than a blip on the radar screen. And, Mark, I want to ask you about the most recent commitment uh, for the Buckeyes, Kay and Lee, the corner from Georgia. I know you've had a chance to look at him. You're going to do a breakdown for the site in the near future. I mean, we talked about the Buckeyes look like they're going to get uh, Calvin Simpson Hunt, as Bill said. He's crystal balled him to the Buckeyes. But Kay and Lee uh, from Georgia, that's a big-time get right there, four-star corner. What do you see out of Kay and Lee? Yeah, there's a few clips on his film where he hits like a sixth gear, I want to say, where he's running stride for stride with someone and the ball goes in the air and all of a sudden he goes and gets it. Sort of like when you your dog's running and you throw that frisbee and all of a sudden he hits that extra gear and you're like, oh, he's got it. You know, he wants that thing. And you could see that in him, which is a burst. And which a corner, to be a fast guy and have a burst means you're at the elite end of that running spectrum. Okay, so... Uh, he's only about 160 pounds on the tape, so I think he's got to get a little bigger if there was one knock on an elite player. Uh, his size, you know, uh, weight-wise, but he has the length uh, and run support. He's a good. He does a lot of stacking and shedding, which is a linebacker thing where he puts his hands on people and he'll get rid of them and, you know, be a factor in the run game, which if you're at Ohio State in the Big Ten, you're going to need to be a factor in the run game. And I add to that, he he is a really physical kid for 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 not being, you know, a really big guy. He's very physical. And and Mark, I might add that extra gear. My golden retriever is seven years old now and doesn't quite have that gear anymore, but he can still get it done. He still moves pretty well, especially when you uh, call him for dinner. Yeah, maybe maybe you can recruit in some new talent and get get a dog with an, an extra gear. I just got two puppies. A week All right. Two okay. puppies, terrier, mutt mixes. We've got them from rescues, so they're not catching frisbees yet. But, man, one of them looks – I mean, they're, they're just so fast when they run around. It's just – it's fun to watch. So I'm looking forward to the frisbee days. Um, I like that analogy. All right. Um, Bill, you're going to have, have to help me out with this young man's um, pronunciation. It's the big offensive lineman originally from Finland. Olaus. Olas. Olas. And the last name is Alien. Alien, yes. Yeah, you got it. You got it. So Jay Henry Miller from Facebook, or excuse me, from YouTube, wants to know. And I've been saying it sounds like he's going to go to Alabama. Um, correct me if I'm wrong. What are the late? What's the latest with him as it pertains to Ohio State? You think he might be a Buckeye? Uh, this guy is a key, really key prospect for Ohio State to land. Yeah, uh, J- Justin Fry and Kevin Wilson. Because Kevin Wilson had a big part of recruiting Josh Padilla and, and of course Luke Montgomery uh, because Luke Montgomery's dad uh, played for Kevin Wilson at Miami of Ohio. So Kevin Wilson was huge in the recruitment of those two Ohioans. And then Justin Fry has come in and he was the one actually uh, finishing up things when Luke Montgomery committed to high state, but you know, they've got Josh Padilla and Austin Cerevelt for interior linemen, and they're two good ones. Um, they've got Luke Montgomery that they're going to play at tackle, and they really need one more elite, an elite offensive tackle, 
And Olas is the guy. I mean, he's he's six foot seven, three hundred plus pounds. Just a great prospect. He's all done with his official visits. I had a little correspondence with him yesterday. He is back in Finland, and he is taking time to to spend some time with his family and kind of think things over. Um, I have felt all along it's going to come down to Ohio State or Alabama, but Miami's making a little push here too. Um, I'm not ready at all to crystal ball him to one school. I know he's got a crystal balls, a couple crystal balls to Alabama, and that could happen, but he could end up at Ohio State. I can tell you that Ohio State did everything possible uh, this past weekend on the official visit, and from what I'm told, uh, he left Ohio State impressed. By the way, Montgomery was on his official visit, and Cerevelt and Padilla made unofficial visits, came up for the weekend, and the three guys did that. They were recruiting Olas, and that wasn't lost on Olas. He's got a connection here. Being from Finland, uh, there's some Finnish guys on the Blue Jackets team. Uh, There's a GM connection there. So there's a lot of things Ohio State's got going for him, and I could absolutely see him ending up at Ohio State. I'm just not ready to crystal ball him at this point to the Buckeyes. I I am pretty confident in saying even Olas doesn't know right now where he's going for sure. How great would that be if Blue Jackets GM Yarmo Kekaliden has uh, is like an assistant recruiting coordinator here for, <laughs> uh, for Ohio State football? And as you mentioned, some of the finished players they have on the team as well. Um, Mark, I want to ask you about this. So, I mean, I think it's very fortunate for Ohio State, especially with the new offensive line coach Justin Fry coming in, that three of the top five players in Ohio in the 2023 class are offensive linemen, and they got all three of them. Um, and, you know, so that's, that's huge right there. Um, how, what are you hearing, Mark, and, and Bill, you can uh, touch on this as well. What are you hearing about Justin Fry as a recruiter? When I speak with him, I tend to think he's going to be a good recruiter. He's got a good personality, uh, younger guy. Um, what are you guys hearing, Mark? We'll start with you about Justin Fry as a recruiter. Yeah, I actually got a chance to talk to him during camps. And, you know, it's cliche to say younger guy, Brian Hartline, younger guy, you know, like young Matt Campbell at Iowa State, younger guy, Luke Dennis. Yeah, Luke Fickle at Cincinnati, younger guy. Mac and Brown, I say, not a younger guy. Mac Brown, and, not a younger guy. Go ahead, I'm sorry. And I want to say those guys are like my age or, you know, like this new age coach that comes in and is maybe more player friendly, maybe more relatable, maybe gets social media more. Uh, maybe we'll play around on the, the photo shoots a little more. Like just they, these younger guys, the cliches seem more fun. Uh, they seem a little hip and – and he has that vibe, you know, watching him out there work with the guys. He's actually running around a little bit with them. And, you know, he almost feels like he can mix it up with you. And I don't know why that stuff sells. I've never been able to figure it out why players relate to some coaches like that better. And maybe not an old stoic mentor type that, you know, has been around for a while, which there's plenty of successful people have done that. But there's your vibe with uh, Coach Fry. And, of course, that goes to building the relationship and trust and you know, you trust the guy that's going to be coaching you every day. Uh, I think that goes a long way to wanting to play for him. And, and regardless of the school and how nice it is, knowing that that guy you're spending six hours a day with some days or traveling with for two or three years, that, that has a lot to be upset. Bill, uh, we've had a few questions here about Sam, uh, Samson Oaken. Uh, Loala, I'm doing great in my names here. Five-star offensive lineman, Samson. Let's go with Samson, Dave. That's fine. Samson. Okay, thank you. <laughs> thank you. I, okay, so we'll go with Samson, uh, the young man out of Brockton, Massachusetts. Five-star offensive lineman, number three 
uh, offensive tackle in the country, number 20 overall. I mean, he's got everybody after him. Do the Buckeyes have a legitimate chance here? Well, you know, they they had all, not all, but most of their top prospects, top possibilities in for official visits in June. Uh, He wasn't one of them. Um, He has not made an official visit to Ohio State. Doesn't mean he couldn't do that in the fall, but right now they're concentrating on getting the guys in the fold that have made official visits and the guy that uh, is the best shot at this point is Olaf. So I'm not going to totally count Ohio State out of Samson, uh, the Samson Derby, but that's that's not imminent or, or not on the horizon right now. I'm going with Oak and Lola. Oak and Lola. That's what I'm going mm, with. That's good. Right, Oak and Lola. Let's just, Oak and Lola. Samson Lola. Akunala. Huh? Akunala. Akunala? Uh, there you go. Thought I had it. All right. Everybody wants to know about Caleb Downs, Mark, Bill. What's the latest with Caleb Downs? Number one safety in the country, five star. You think the Buckeyes can land him? Well, I definitely think they can land him. Um, I think it, if I had to make a prediction right this minute, I'm not ready to make a prediction. But if I had to, I think I would go with Ohio State. He's just coming off his official visit to Ohio State, but. You know, Alabama's a huge factor in this one. Uh, Georgia's not giving up. You know, I, and I've talked to some people in Georgia um, that are pretty in tune with uh, Caleb's recruitment, and, and they don't even know. The schools don't know where he's going. It's a battle, and uh, Ohio State is absolutely in that battle. I said months ago, I said Ohio State is a serious contender for Caleb Downs, and, and that's exactly what the situation is right now. They're a serious contender. But we just don't know where he's going. Nobody does right now. Nobody knows right now. But I tell you what, just the fact they have a, you know, a good in on him is huge. Like I said, it really feels like, and Bill, and I want Mark to comment on this as well. Mark, I asked you about Justin Fry. You gave a great answer there. I mean, am I wrong to say that Tim Walton and Perry Eliano, especially just a few months on the job, are doing as well as you guys could possibly think? Yeah, I mean, like – all these guys, when you, whenever you bring in new guys, I think they come in with the enthusiasm. They work a little harder. They stay a little longer on the phones with these guys. And that first class is always special. You know, you, you really start building those relationships and you all kind of come in on the ship together, so to speak. So there's a little bit of that going on. And, and I, I might add that um, at the end of the day on Sunday, a dead period began. You know, so the official visits were over. And college coaches all over the country, you know, were, were heading for the exit, so to speak, and a lot leaving for vacation and, and, and all that. But they're not really totally on vacation. They're still recruiting these guys. They can't see them face to face. They can't have any type of visits at all until the last week of July, the last few days of July, where, where kids are allowed to get back on campuses and make unofficial visits. But in the meantime, God, they can still have contact with them. They just can't see them face-to-face, and they're still doing their recruiting work, whether they be on vacation or not. Um, so, you know, this is a huge time. And uh, give you a good example, we talked about Kevin Wilson earlier in this podcast. Uh, just earlier this week, um, again, it's, quote, maybe vacation time. Uh, he extended, I believe, seven scholarship offers, uh, and I think it was maybe Tuesday of, of this week. You know, he, he, he's working. Um, Larry Johnson uh, was is on the phone. You know, he's talking to the recruits, the whole staff. 
Iliano and, and Walton have done a great job. Um, you know, the, the defensive back group, I think that Ohio State is going to bring in is going to be outstanding. All right, let's hit on a let's hit on two more, then we'll get you guys out of here. Um, we got one up on the screen right now. This is from Tom from YouTube. Bill, we'll let you hit this one, then Mark and I will hit the final question of the show. All right, Tom wants to know, Bill, which recruit Mark, you can weigh on this too if you want to. Which recruit that currently is not trending Ohio State's way could possibly swing Ohio State's way because of other commitments that the Buckeyes have? Bill, is there anybody that comes to mind that would fit that description? Well, I don't know about because of, of other commitments necessarily. Um, you know, Ohio State really wants guys that want to compete. And if you go, if you go to any school, there's going to be competition. But if you go to Ohio State, obviously the bar is raised a little higher. I mean, you're talking about a school that's going to compete for a national championship every single year, basically. Uh, so I think in Ohio State's case, I don't know that that's a big factor because if a kid doesn't want to compete, he's not going to uh, – Ohio State is not going to really go hard after him. And I'll, I'll let Mark, you know, finish from there, I guess. You know, the Dylan Riola is the type of kid that when he commits, he brings receivers in, you know. Uh, to say there's a specific kid that will commit that will bring one of his buddies or a kid that's from his school or hometown – Tough for me to predict. Uh, in Ohio, I don't see that. The Glenville guys sometimes run in a pack like that. So if you see Bryce West or Alvarell Reese commit, uh, you'll see some recruiting at that school trying to bring more Glenville guys and, you know, fill up that pipeline again. Uh, but you, you never know. You never know when these kids get on recruiting visits how much they interact and how much they feel like, hey, this just feels like home with the guys that are with me. Uh, and, and I will bring up one guy that may be uh, getting, you know, kind of to the question – uh, it hasn't been talked a lot about in connection with Ohio State, and that's being the tight end Jelani Thurman from Georgia. He made his official visit to Ohio State this past weekend, and it went very, very well. Uh, he is a great prospect. And, Dave, you're probably aware of his dad, Odell Thurman, played for your team, the Bengals. Yep. Uh, you know, talk about bloodlines. Uh, Jelani Thurman's dad, Odell, played in the NFL for the Bengals, and his mom played in the WNBA. That's pretty good bloodlines there. Um, so Jelani Thurman is a guy to keep in mind. I'm not saying he's going to end up at Ohio State. I haven't crystal balled him. Uh, but Ohio State is absolutely a factor in his recruitment, and he could end up at Ohio State. And, and he's a guy that uh, not a lot of people have talked about really lately. That's a blast from the past. Odell Thurman came in like a rookie, you know, just like gangbusters. He was second round pick, came in just like a wrecking crew as a rookie. Um, that's cool stuff right there. All right, Mark, let's get the good people out of here on this one. This comes from Facebook. This is from Steven. I'll let you go first. I'll go second. I definitely have an opinion on this one. I like this. Will there be a, a quarterback competition next year for Ohio State? We're making the wild assumption that C.J. Stroud is going to go pro. Will there be a competition between Devin Brown and Kyle McCord? Or does someone have it in the bag already, in your opinion, Mark? You know, I don't think I've seen enough of those guys to make a bold statement like, yes, this is clearly the leader. This is the guy that would make the jump. Uh, I remember last year at this time, we weren't sure if it was C.J. Stroud. We weren't sure that if, you know, someone else went in and lit it up for a few series, if there'd be controversy. And I kind of feel that same way where these guys are developing and 
boy, when CJ Stroud came in and all of a sudden it was like, yeah, okay, he's the guy. He's, you know, two weeks, two or three weeks in, like he's head and shoulders above the rest. I still don't know that that's true. I think that competition may have been pretty close last year and other guys could have came in and had a great season for the Buckeyes, maybe not on the CJ Stroud level, but, you know, every, every quarterback in that room is talented. Every one of them should be able to take the steering wheel and drive us to where we need to go potentially. So to say that, you know, there's a, a mile gap and there's a clear winner. I, I couldn't say that, but I've always liked Devin Brown. I've always thought he had some things to him that were, you know, I'd like to see play out, but you know, and that's just personal preference off of recruiting tape. Yeah. I, uh, I have pretty strong feelings about this one. I absolutely think that there's going to be a competition between Kyle McCord and, and Devin Brown. I like those guys a lot, both of them. I was really impressed with what I saw from Devin Brown as a kid that still should have been, a high school senior in spring. And I'm not just talking about the spring game. Um, they had a live scrimmage we got to see, which was really better than the spring game, in my opinion, the student appreciation day. And Devin Brown, there's just something about him. I won't be surprised if he is the starter next year, <laughs> but I'm also very high on Kyle McCord. I really like him as well. So great problem to have. You lose CJ Stroud and then you got these two, you know, high four stars. I think Devin Brown might've even been a five star or maybe Kyle McCord. It doesn't matter. It was. Yeah. It's splitting hairs. Yeah. One was a five star. One was a four star high four-star. Um, it's just crazy. You lose Justin Fields, you replace him with C.J. Stroud. You know, it's just the Ryan Day's turning this into quarterback you. But to answer the question, I absolutely think there is going to be a competition after the season in spring, maybe heading into fall. Um, so there you go. Great stuff from the Dean of Ohio State Football Recruiting, Bill Curley. Great stuff from Mark Porter from Scouting Ohio. And, of course, right here at Bucknuts. Thank you to all of the listeners and viewers. Really appreciate you guys. Thank you for all of the questions and comments. Hope everyone has a great day. Epic season finale. Now that I'm out, I need something to get me up in the morning. You are a firefighter. You speak. That will be unforgettable. In the name of your life's happiness, go get your girl. She's getting married tomorrow. Says, when do you let anything get in the way of what you want? The Fire Country season finale tonight, 9, 8 central on CBS and streaming on Paramount+.